When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Pittsburgh Steelers got a big win against the Los Angeles Rams Sunday afternoon. We're breaking it down here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, with Ray Fittipato, who's still in Los Angeles. We're going to talk about all the big parts of this win. The Steelers' offense, Kenny Pickett, turning it on in the second half. Did they show real progress? We'll also talk about the defense and some key coaching adjustments that helped the Steelers neutralize the best parts of the Rams' office. And then we'll go over the offensive line and whether or not they figured it out. Even though Broderick Jones didn't get the start, they looked like they collectively took a step forward. All that and more in here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipato, one of our esteemed Steelers beat reporters who's on the scene in Los Angeles after the Steelers' 24-17 win over the Los Angeles Rams. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. You can also find, find this show when you subscribe to our YouTube channel and all of our daily episodes that come out covering all things Pittsburgh sports from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. As always, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Go to Mike's Beer Bar today on the North Shore. They're right across the street from PNC Park on Federal Street. They have the best selection of beer in town with over 500 different available beers, 300 of those beers being local, and 80 of those local beers being available on tap. You can also get a flight to try out all the different matchups that you could want, as well as great food options and over 20 televisions to catch whatever sporting event you want to see more on Mike's Beer Bar later. Ray, we're talking with you here after what I think – this was the best-looking Steelers win we've had of the season. It wasn't, you know, there were, the defense did make a turnover, and they did make that. They did make some big plays, but this wasn't just the defense, you know, scoring two touchdowns or you know, sloppy play all all around. The offense in this game, yes, they turned it on the fourth quarter again. They need to, to expand that to more games, but they had five second-half drives, Ray, and four of them were wins. Three of them ended in touchdowns. All of them were either in the red zone or got to the red zone, and they scored touchdowns on those. And then the fourth one that was successful was the one when they ran the clock out at the end. And, yes, the the, the spot on the Kenny Pickett's spot, uh, run at the end uh, there on the sneak was controversial, but so were a few other things that happened in this game. What did you see that really clicked for the Steelers' offense? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a big step forward for – for Kenny Pickett and all those guys on offense, you know, Deontay Johnson's first game back, he missed a month with that hamstring injury. Um, you know, the running game wasn't great, Chris, but they got timely touchdown runs. I mean, they hadn't had a touchdown run until Sunday afternoon out here and Jalen Warren and Najee Harris both got them. So, um, you know, I don't know what it is about Pickett that he doesn't look good for three quarters and then he turns it on, but, Hey, the Steelers are four and two, and Pickett has a knack for coming through in those situations. So his teammates trust him. He always seems to come up big. And uh, lo and behold, the Steelers are a half game behind the Ravens still in the AFC North. Hard to believe, Chris, 
after what we've seen so far this season. And I think it goes back to when the Steelers aren't playing their best football, they're still winning football games. And I still think they aren't playing their best football, but this might have been the best football that they've played yet. Uh, but again, that's why it's important to win games like the Browns game and the Raiders game and the Ravens game, because now you're sitting here and there's there's confidence built in, but you're not one in five looking at this. You're four and two. And you're a half game behind the Ravens, like you said. You're 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 tied with the Browns with the, t- with the tiebreaker edge because you beat the Browns. And like, if the playoffs were to start the game, they'd be the five seed, and they're in a really good spot right now. And they don't have a super difficult schedule. The Eagles aren't coming up. The Chiefs aren't coming up on their schedule. The Jaguars will be a tough test next week, but they're not an unbeatable team. I think the Steelers are putting themselves in a really good spot. That if they continue to build off of this game they're going to be in a favorable spot. But let's 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 focus on the offense a little bit more. I also thought on top of Kenny Pickett, he was very smart with the football, especially in the second half. I thought the return of Deontay Johnson changed a whole lot because you could tell the Rams just couldn't take, take George Pickens out of the game. You had to respect both of them, and that gave Kenny Pickett a little bit more space to make some smarter decisions. Yeah, I mean, listen, Deontay Johnson, his, his best asset – is he knows how to get open, and he had that 39-yard reception on third and eight. I mean, Chris, if the Steelers have to punt there from deep in their own territory, given the way that game was going, that game could have flipped right there. I, I know, and I'm one of these people, I you know, I thought T.J. Watt's play was probably the biggest play in that football game, but when you look at that third and eight conversion to Deontay Johnson and what that represented and how they went down and, and scored there on that drive, um, I thought it was huge. So he's, he's a great runner, route runner. He's great after the catch. And after the game, Kenny Pickett said they were in man, and he just wanted to give Deontay Johnson a chance uh, to make a play there. And uh, Deontay Johnson came through big time. I, I really think that this is – this is this is at least the spark of something very positive. We're going to get to the offensive line specifically later in the show, but the uh, the the run game also stepping in like you talked about. They had didn't have a single rushing touchdown. They had 3 in this in this game and I thought really both. I think you you saw the potential of this backfield with both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren making big plays in this game. Najee Harris his touchdown run was 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 certainly, you know, it, it put the Steelers ahead. There was a lot of energy behind it. I thought his most impressive play was the second down catch that he had that set up Kenny Pickett's first touchdown on the sneak. Kenny Pickett hits him behind the line of scrimmage. He bobbles the pass, makes the defender miss, tiptoes the sideline, jumps over a defender, and then gets the ball down to the one. That puts the Steelers in the field position to just QB sneak it in. If he doesn't do all that, they've got a score from third and nine, for third and goal from the nine, and who knows if they get in from that point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you get the turnover – on the seven-yard line, and if they wouldn't have punched it in there, if they had to settle for a field goal, that would have been, um, you know, that would have been a big blow to the Steelers' chances, I thought. You know, I thought Mike Tomlin said it best after the game. Even though the Rams, um, they probably didn't score as much as maybe what the yards represented in this game. Um, You know, the Steelers' defense bowed up when they had to, but Mike Tomlin said, um, we knew field goals would be detrimental to our cause in this game and they ended up going three for three in the red zone, three possessions down there, three touchdowns. And uh, that's what you got to do. That's, you know, what Mike Tallman always talks about complimentary football, TJ Watt makes that play offense punches, punches it in. And uh, that, that's the type of football they want to play. So um, I agree with you. Their, their best game of the season 
and certainly the offense's best performance in the second half of that football game. Going into this game, they ranked dead last in red zone touchdown percentage at 28.5%. I don't know what three touchdowns on three possessions does for the total numbers, but I'd assume that would that would give it a nice little boost there. We got to talk about the defense too, though, because even though this wasn't the you know a, a three sack game for TJ Watt and two defensive touchdowns, the defense played a big role in this win. And I think again, that's what put goes back to saying this is probably the best win the Steelers had because it wasn't one thing that did it on either side of the ball. It was a culmination of several good aspects of this team in this win. We'll break down the defense and how coaching played into the defense in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, stick with us. We've got a lot to discuss. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, where you can go into the North Shore and experience the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Whether you're in for a Steelers game or a pit game, Mike's Beer Bar is right across the street from PNC Park. It has the best selection of beer in town as well as amazing food options. You can get, you can see all the different sporting events on t- over 20 televisions. That's NHL, NBA, NFL, college football, college basketball, Riverhounds, Premier League, whatever you want to see, Mike's Beer Bar has it. And you can even reserve a table with a TV des- designated to the game that you want to follow the most by calling ahead and, reserve, and reserving that space at Mike's beer bar and when you're there you'll try over five one of their 500 different available beers 300 of those beers being local and 80 of those local beers being on tap and they're always switching things up every week to give you new options every time you visit so that you'll never run out of chances to mix things up try a flight today to try all the different types of beers that you could never dream you could even imagine to try they also have amazing food options like a steak on a stone meal where you order your choice cut of steak and it's brought to you on a heated stone and every piece of steak that you cut off you press into that heated stone you choose how well you want your steak done with every single bite it's an amazing option go to mike's beer bar today the best bar in all of pittsburgh get your sports fix and experience the best bar in all of pittsburgh and when you get there tell them chris sent you we're also brought to you by the great yinzer tailgate which is bringing the best of the bird to south point on november 4th showcasing pittsburgh's rich culture iconic sports history and vibrant community spirit the great yinzer tailgate will immerse you in the unique blend of traditions that make pittsburgh legendary visit www.thegreatyinzertailgate.com for details see Yin's there. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast on the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, breaking things down. Ray, want to talk about this defense. This wasn't a you know a, a you know a, a classic you know old school Steelers defense dominates everything, but I thought the defense did a good job in this game. This Rams offense was held to 17 points, uh, and you look at how this game played out. Puka Nakua did get 154 yards, but Cooper Cup, the guy that usually gets it done for the Rams, seven targets, two catches, 29 yards. The Rams only get two touchdowns in this in this game, um, and I, I thought that there were some really impressive points for the Steelers to adjust to some different things. What, is, what are the things that you were impressed the most by by the Steelers' defense in this win? Well, you mentioned Cup, two early drops, and I think those drops, I, yeah, that was probably uh, a bad sign for um, for the Rams' offense. Um, yeah, but going above and beyond that and just looking at how the Steelers adjusted in this game, um, you know, the, the defensive backs weren't close enough um, in, in the first half. And, the, you know, the – the Rams were max protecting. They were giving Stafford all the time he needed, um, you know, to dissect that defense. And the defensive backs just had to do a better job. Um, 
midway through the fourth quarter, Joey Porter Jr. was on Puka Nakua. Um, you know, if the Rams convert there, they extend the drive. Who knows what happens? But they force a punt, and then the Steelers take it. And, um, you know, they, they basically run out the clock there. So, um, you know, I thought Porter's contributions were huge. I know he uh, struggled tackling. You know, Levi Wallace had a tough game. But, uh, you know, just looking at the way Porter played, you know, I thought Fitzpatrick was active coming up and, and making tackles in the running game. You know, I thought it was a pretty solid overall performance from the secondary in the second half of that game. And that really helped them, um, you know, come back and win as well. It certainly did. T.J. Watt's interception, just huge. I mean, they T.J. Watt talked about it after the game, saying that they needed, a, they needed a spark and they want to start faster in the second half. The Steelers backing him off into coverage, uh, and Matt Stafford staring down his eye. I talked to Rich Hammond, who covers the Rams for the Athletic uh, before this game, and Rich Hammond said one of the biggest things that he feels Matt Stafford does too much of is he stares down Cooper Cup when he just trusts that he's going to be open. T.J. Watt backed off read his eyes and was right there when he tried to force it to Cooper Cup against Cole Holcomb. And it was the exact mistake the Steelers needed to capitalize in that situation. But I, I beyond just that, I thought the Steelers did something very impressive on the on their defense as a whole. And this goes also to Mike Tomlin, Terrell Austin, game planning and also execution from the guys on the field. But if you remember back with the Texans game, we talked about this. The Texans put in a game plan to neutralize Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt because they were the killers of that defense. They, they, If they eat, the defense is rocking. And the Texans, they made sure that the ball was either getting out quick or that if they were holding on to it, they were going to double-team both of them, max protect, and give C.J. Stroud all the time in the world. Sean McVay enacted a very similar, if not an identical plan in many ways. If the Rams were spread out, Ball was coming out really quick. Matt Stafford was trying to find an open man, make sure that T.J. Watt nor Alex Highsmith was getting to him. If they wanted to throw deep, if they wanted to set that up, they would set it up with a max protect protection plan, which brought in less receivers allowed, uh, available for Matt Stafford and getting the ball downfield. And they hit on some of those plays. And they, and by all means, even though T.J. Watt got the interception, they limited him and Highsmith as edge rushers. They got collectively three tackles. I don't think any even, either of them even touched Stafford in, in the game. And you got the job done there and doing that if you're Sean McVay, but the Steelers were, were prepared for that this time around. The linebackers, Quan Alexander, Cole Holcomb, I thought had solid games. Mickey Fitzpatrick lining up all over the field was an asset, led the team in tackles again. Um, the interior defensive line seemed ready. Nick Herbig got a sack. Larry Ogunjobi got a sack. It seemed like the Steelers were prepared for this concept of these ideas that Sean McVay had and countered it well in this game. Yeah, you know, we asked Mike Tallman after the game, you know, Nick Herbig played more snaps than he had in, in any other game during his, his rookie season. And Mike Tallman said, hey, you know, we just weren't getting off the field. And that, that's the reason that Nick Herbig had to play so much. So it was really a situation, Chris, where, um, you know, twice in the first half, the, the, the Rams converted third and 11. Um, there was that third and four where Nakua basically broke it and set up the, the touchdown right before halftime. So, you know, the Steelers did not do a good job on possession downs in the first half. Neither did, did the offense. And Mike Tallman thought one of the biggest differences in the game was how uh, that flipped around in the second half. Um, the Steelers got off the field in the second half. And, of course, we know what the offense did. The offense, um, four for seven on third down conversions and one for one on fourth down, which, of course, was that Kenny uh, Pickett sneak to, uh, to cap the game 
absolutely a lot of different things going on there. You brought up Joey Porter Jr. in the secondary and how they played well. I, I, I thought Joey Porter Jr., sir, he, he missed a couple tackles that could have helped the Steelers. But when they when he, in coverage, he he was as locked down as you want to see from a from a cornerback. Uh, Ray, I I know I keep saying these are small sample sizes because we haven't seen him for a whole season. But this is yet another game where Joey Porter Jr. when he was in coverage, you weren't getting the ball past him too 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 many times. No, he was closer to the Rams receivers than anyone else. We saw Levi Wallace trailing Nakua on that big uh, catch and run right before halftime. Tough game for Wallace. I'll have to look at the. Uh, at the snap counts, Chris, I want to say that James Pierre made an appearance late in that game, and I don't know if Wallace was dinged up uh, or he was benched, but Mike Tomlin did not mention him on the injury report he did not. after the game. So um, I think we are closer to seeing Joey Porter full-time. Levi Wallace is still going to have to play, but you know, I think we saw in the first half of that game when a, a guy like Matthew Stafford, who has pinpoint accuracy, and who can, you know, throw it probably better than, you know, 75% of the quarterbacks in the league, maybe even more than that. Um, when you have a quarterback like that and you can pick on a guy like Levi Wallace, you're going to have success. So, um, you know, we'll see if his days are numbered. But, you know, on the positive side, it looks like Joey Porter is stepping up when they ask him to. And, um, you know, uh, I think Tomlin's words were um, he played like a big dog today. And I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Playing like a big dog, being able to stand up to it. And this was a talented receiving core. Like, this was one of the biggest questions I had going into this game was, could the Steelers' secondary stand up to uh, these receivers? Because you don't really have those receivers. You had a good quarterback. Stafford's not a bad quarterback. He's still an accurate thrower of the football. And you saw some of the passes that he threw in this game were just on the money. But uh, you know, I asked Mike Tomlin about the about you know opposing receivers and the yards that they got. The Steelers had given up the eighth most receiving yards to receivers in the NFL going into the game, and he objected to that question. He was like, "I'm not here to talk about those kind of stats. I'm I'm here to talk about winning the game, and, and that's that's what our goal is, regardless of what some some stats are that are subjective about different things." And I think this game proved his point and how he answered my question because Puka Nakua had 154 yards through the air. So if you look at that, you're saying, well, you're still giving up receiving yards. Well, he's getting another win. And that to me is the bottom line is that, yeah, sure. They're going to get yards here and there. And that's part of, that's part of their game plan. But the bottom line is they held another team to under 20 points and they seem to, when they do that, they seem to win football games consistently. Ray, they've won eight of their last 10 games, stretching back to last year, 10 of their last 13. This is an this is impressive what the Steelers have been able to put together, and they're still building on offense. Yeah, I mean, listen, they, they do as good a job as anyone of just muddying the waters, getting you to play their style of football. And um, I don't know if it's a sustainable formula, Chris, but you give Kenny Pickett a chance to win the game late in the fourth quarter. I think he's proven, um, you know, over the last, what, 10 games or so, if you want to go back to what he did um, in, in December and January last year, he's proven that he'll take it from you, that he'll lead his team down the field. So, um, again, they have to start better. I mean, the starts are still kind of problematic for me. Um, good teams are going to find a way to exploit that, but – they got a formula, and it's working for them. At least it is for the last two uh, games against the Ravens and the Rams. We, we'll see how things continue to play out. That Jaguars test is important, but just as important as anything else that they've do, that they've done well. 
for the Steelers. They needed this offensive line to step up, and they did not start Broderick Jones. Dan Moore Jr. went back out there. That was a controversial talking point all week long, and now it's definitely going to get quieted a little bit by the success the offensive line had. I want to talk to Ray about specifically about the Steelers' offensive line and if they're trending in the right direction right now. Here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter and Ray Fittipaldo. But first, I want to remind you, this show is also sponsored by Savinas, Kane, and Gallucci. They're mesothelioma and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savinas, Kane, and Gallucci. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co, where buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. You ever had to buy tickets for an event but weren't comfortable with how much you were paying because you weren't sure about how good the seats were that kind of stuff happens to me whenever i'm buying, trying to buy tickets up to the last minute but when i use game time it's never an issue why because the game time app allows you to book tickets up to the last minute if you didn't plan on far in advance you can even buy tickets up to an hour after the event has started and when you go into the app it lets you look at the tickets and see the seat the view from your seats where you buy them and you all you have to do is tap two buttons and the tickets are yours there aren't any hidden fees at all the prices are are up front right in front of you so that you're not looking at price, well, one price and then paying another when you're finally checking out. And, and again, when you're buying these tickets, you just download the app, get them right to your phone, they put them on your phone, and you're, next, you're good to go. And these are good for Steelers games, pit games, Penguins games, comedy shows, theater events, all these different events available at game time. And they have a best price guarantee that can't be beat. If you find tickets to the same section in a row for less somewhere else, game, t- game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase. Or go to their website, GameTime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account, create an account and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, it's the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. It's Chris Carter, Ray Vittipato, breaking things down. Okay, Ray, we got to talk about this offensive line because at first they were struggling. The Rams were getting pressure from different sides, and it wasn't all on the offensive line. It wasn't like they were losing matchups left and right, but the Rams were throwing different overload blitzes, and the Steelers weren't able to catch up with it, and it led to some, some drives being spoiled in the first half. The Steelers made those adjustments and looked better in the second half. But also what looked better in the second half was just the offensive line as a whole. On the run blocking, you saw them creating space for Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. You saw Mason Cole winning matchups in this game. Isaac Sayomalu winning matchups in this game. Getting you know getting guys to the second level, some proper zone blocking. Dan Moore Jr. And again, Dan Moore Jr., the guy that everyone, including myself, I wasn't so sure about the plan of putting him back in when Broderick Jones played so well against the Ravens. But Dan Moore Jr. came in and played very well. And you even saw him pulling into trap blocks that was looking very solid here. Ray, were you surprised to see Dan Moore bounce back so well after his injury? Um, listen, Chris, he, he was out there on that bonus day on Monday. So he did have an entire full week. He had Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to get ready for this game. And you knew when he was out there on Monday and he was running with the ones that he was going to be the pick to start over Jones. So listen, um, by now, um, we're entering week eight. We all know that the Steelers coaches really like Dan Moore and, um, it's going to be hard for Broderick Jones to get into the lineup if Moore continues um, to play well. So, you know, good for Dan Moore for bouncing back. Um, but I thought probably the biggest, um, you know, accomplishment for the offensive line in this game, Chris, I mean, how many times do you turn on Rams games 
Um, yep. When they're playing other teams, and Aaron Donald just wrecks game plans, you know, swimming past guys, using his quickness. That didn't happen against the Steelers. They were getting uh, double teams on him. Kenny Pickett described it as getting four hands on him at all times, and it worked. You know, early on they had, um, you know, they got a couple of sacks, but sometimes that's a good trade off. You know, Aaron Donald was a guy who can get in there, cause turnovers. And uh, when he's not um, affecting the game in his usual manner, um, it's going to end up being a win for your football team. So I give all the credit in the world to guys like Mason Cole, Isaac Samuel, and James Daniels. They held up very well on the interior of that offensive line against what I think is still a really, really good and talented player in Aaron Donald, even though he's, what, 33 years old now? Absolutely. Um, he can still change games, and I, I thought – that was kind of one of the hidden um, the hidden aspects of this game that uh, they were able to neutralize him and do a really, really good job on him. They really did. I mean, four tackles. And this is also, I think, what, the third time they've done that? The Steelers, you know, under Mike Tomlin, they've never lost to the Rams. In fact, the Steelers have, uh, are, haven't lost to the Rams since, like, 2003. Uh, but – uh, th- this is something the Steelers have done pretty consistently. But I, I think what makes this extra uh, impressive was the last two times they faced Aaron Donald, they had Marquise Pouncey, they had David DeCastro, they had Ramon Foster. They had that experienced interior offensive line that knew how to neutralize big, bad dudes in the middle of the defense. This was Mason Cole, James Daniels, and Isaac Sayamalo. Uh, Mason Cole, who you know has not had the greatest start to the season ever as a center, and James Daniels, who's coming off an injury, and Isaac Sayamalu, who's still adjusting to the team. And the three of them, I mean, along with a core four and more, like you said, they made Donald, you know, he was a factor in the game. He had four tackles. He had a good pressure on one play that killed a third down play for the Steelers. But this was still a really concerted effort by the offensive line to limit him and to kind of create space for guys because it wasn't just protecting Kenny Pickett. It was also creating space for Najee Harris and Jalen Warren to go to work uh, in the second half, I think in the second and in the fourth quarter, I think they had over 50 yards rushing or something like that. And they only had 83. So like they really turned it on then yeah. it was such a good sign for the Steelers offensive line to be able to play the way they did. And as much as we could talk about Pickett, as much as we could talk about Pickens and Johnson and Harris and Warren, this offensive line deserves a lot of credit for the way they've come together, and it did so against a front that had maybe has maybe the best defensive tackle in, in football since Mean Joe Green. Yeah, and there was a nice crease on Jalen Warren's 13-yard touchdown run. Mm-hmm. Um, there haven't been many of those. You know, Jalen Warren did a really nice job of hitting that quick, but, you know, those big holes like that haven't been there um, a lot early in the season. So, I, you know, I thought the fourth quarter – was a really positive sign for that running game. Um, but again, like we touched on in the last segment, why can't they do it first quarter, second quarter? Chris, they got to figure that out. Um, the Jaguars are a good football team. They're going to start playing uh, teams like the Bengals and the Browns and the Ravens again uh, in, in the second half of the season. They're going to have to play a more complete football game on offense. I agree. Um, but, hey, listen, the, the fourth quarter was really impressive. Now they just got to build on it. And, uh, you know, see if they can carry that over into the Jaguars game. No, I'm right with you, Ray, because if they if the Steelers, the, the real potential of this team that can make them very dangerous to play anybody. I, I also don't think the more I look across the NFL, 
there's there's not a team out here that I see is utter, completely dominant in all phases of the game right now. The Eagles looked good. I mean, they were good against the Dolphins, but that's a Dolphins team that, yeah, sure, they dropped what seventy points on the Dolph on, on the Broncos the other week. But you look at the Dolphins right now; all their wins have come against teams that have two wins or less. The two times they played decent teams, they got handled by the Bills and they got outplayed by by the Eagles. Um, I, I look at I look at this league as, as a as a league with there's there's good teams and then there's the teams that are figuring things out and could catch up to them. And I put the Steelers in that in that second category because if the defense keeps playing this way, if they can limit teams to about twenty or less points, and the offense does figure things out. That's going to make them a serious contender because then you're still going to be you're still going to be in that feeling like you're in a rock fight because you're trying to make plays and the Steelers defense is finding ways to negate you. But then the Steelers offense is out there making plays and they're actually scoring because that was the thing to me that, that really spoke loudly. Ray was in the second half, like I said, four drives, four out of five drives for the Steelers, three of them were scores. One of them ran the clock out to win the game. This was that that effort left the Rams. The Rams only got two possessions in the fourth quarter, just two. They never got the ball back f- with the chance to say, hey, let's let's get another crack at that. If the Steelers can play like that for four quarters on offense, and again, they don't need to score every every drive, but just possess the football, limit the chances. Offenses, if they don't crack the, the, the defense, the Steelers defense early, it's going to put them behind an eight ball and really give the chance the Steelers to actually take over some games. Yeah, I mean, time of possession is kind of like an old school stat, but you've heard Mike Tallman reference that a couple of times here early in the season, and I thought that was a big key um, to the victory. If you go back to that Las Vegas game, mm-hmm. how many times did they give the Raiders a chance to come back in that game because the offense couldn't close it out? So Penny right. to, to run off, I think it was the final 528 off the clock, for mm-hmm. them to run that four-minute offense the way they did. Um, again, yeah, we're talking about the three second half touchdowns, of course, but that was just as important in closing that game out. They never gave the ball back to Matthew Safford to see if he can uh, lead a comeback of his own. Absolutely. A lot of things to point to on the positive side of this Steelers win. We'll keep going over some of those here on the North Shore Drive podcast and all the coverage that we have at post-gazette.com where our team was on site in Los Angeles for all the great uh, feedback there. If you want to read Ray's report card on all the different positions for the Steelers, check out postdashgazette.com as well as Brian Batko, who was on the scene, who's on the scene here. If you want to check out more episodes like the North Shore Drive podcast and all the other content we we, we provide here at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, go to post look up Post Gazette Sports on your favorite YouTube uh, YouTube channels or on your favorite podcasting apps. You can find us. We are Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturdays with our Accuracy Fan Advantage episode where we talk to an opponent expert each week. We're also here on your on, on your favorite podcast casting apps and on youtube monday wednesday friday and saturday uh breaking things down all throughout the week we'll have another episode wednesday seeing what mike tomlin said on tuesday about the steelers and what and what they've been doing ray thanks again for joining us thank you all for joining us we'll see you wednesday here on the north shore drive podcast Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description.